Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Stephen McDonald. Now for those of you with loved ones that maybe don't live in the same province or in a different part of the world, we've come to realize over the years that video chat is a great tool, right, for staying connected, especially at the holidays. And many of you know that uh, all of our extended family lives on the East Coast in Nova Scotia, and we can't always visit them as often as we like. You've got long flights, you've got expensive flights, it's ridiculous just to fly to the other side of our own nation, yada, yada, yada. So FaceTime it is, right? That's how we stay connected. And I talk to my mom and dad pretty regularly. We, we stay connected each week. And you think that after all this time of talking to one another back and forth, that that process would be pretty smooth by now. But that's not always the case, honestly. Sometimes it, it sounds more like, can you hear me? Can, I can't hear you. you need, hang it up. And just call me back. I, no, I can't. He-. So it's a lot of that going on sometimes when the call begins. Uh, and so after that kind of constant back and forth when it comes to getting a good signal and making sure that we're connected, when we finally do connect, we talk everything from the weather to family updates, church updates, you know, how everybody's feeling, what's going on, the local news, church updates, all that kind of stuff. But there's usually a moment in that conversation where we both turn our cameras around, click the little button, turn the camera around so that we can show one another what the weather looks like outside. Whether it's raining or hailing or snowing, whether there's a storm or maybe it's a beautiful sunny day with blue, blue sky and, and the flowers are starting to come up. Usually I'll always make sure that I show them that when the flowers start to come up around here. Uh, but but that's, that process is pretty much a part of that call. And, and then it begins because then there's usually, depending on who's holding the phone on the other side, that's trying to find the button. Where's that, where's that silly button to turn this thing around? And, and so my dad is a little bit more tech savvy than my mom. And so she's got little to no patience for it. She'd like to throw it out the window if it's not working the way that it should. But, but when they do think they have it right, they say, you, look, can you see the snow? Look at the snow. And I'm like, no, mom, mom, no, no, I can't see the snow. I, I can see up your nose very close or a close-up of your chin, but I don't see any of the, the snow. You've got you to gotta turn it around. Oh, right, okay. So then they go through that process, and then she usually hands it off to my, my dad because she's like, I don't know how to work that stupid thing. You, you figure that out and, uh, and, and then make it work, right? And, and so then eventually when we're supposed to, we're finally hearing what we're supposed to and seeing what we're supposed to, uh, usually the picture on the screen is fogged up. I don't mean maritime fog, like the dense fog that they get. I'm talking about a filter that I created that I, I like to bug my mother about a lot. I call it her butter filter. Now my mom is most at home in the Word of God or in the kitchen making cooking, baking, something amazing. And then usually she'll go from that to her iPad or to her telephone or to her mobile phone, and she's got like butter and flour on her fingers, and it usually smudges on the lens. So now it's very 
kind of fogged up. And I'll always say, Mom, Mom, your, your butter filter is on. You need, to, you need to, to, to clean up the picture. And then so I'll wait a little bit and she'll say, oh, right, right, right. And so she, she says, give me a minute. I'll, I'll clean the screen or clean the lens. And then suddenly the picture is perfectly clear. You know, as we go through this constant process of renewal in our lives, there are times when what lies ahead seems a little blurred or out of focus. And usually when our thinking is, is messed up or heading in the wrong direction or lacking in purpose, the picture of our life becomes distorted. The butter filter is on, right? The Apostle Paul, he, he understood this. As a matter of fact, while he was imprisoned in Rome, Paul wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And so today I want to look as a kind of a base for our teaching uh, a segment of about eight verses in the book of Ephesians. And so while Paul was confined uh, and waiting trial, he writes this letter to the Ephesians, and it's intended, intended to be read to several different congregations, to have it circulated around. And so, so today it's circulating here at Calvary. And so in the second section of this letter, he starts by talking to them about walking worthy of their calling. And he presents this ethical and moral kind of sides and implications of spirit-filled living, how we are to mature, how we have been gifted with, with things that, that are necessary to do what God has called us to do. And he talks about the believer, he talks about you and I and our call to, to understanding what purity looks like, to refuse worldly mindedness because every day we're faced with that reality to think like the world thinks to move away from where God wants us to go but he's saying no no I want you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind by developing new thinking his thinking which is what we want to focus on today so let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24 and let's let's read it together it says here is what I'm telling you I'm speaking for the Lord as I warn you. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Their thoughts, they don't have purpose. They can't understand the truth. They are separated from the life of God. That's because they don't know him. And they don't know him because their hearts are stubborn. They have lost all feeling for what is right. So they have given themselves over to all kinds of evil pleasures. They take part in every kind of unclean act, and they are full of greed. But that is not the way of life in Christ that you learned about. You heard about Christ and were taught about life in him. What you learned was the truth about Jesus. You were taught not to live the way you used to. So there's a change in how we live. You must get rid of your old way of life. This is this process of transformation and change. That's uh, because it has made impure, uh, has been made impure by the desires for the things that lead you astray. You were taught to be made new in your thinking. That's that process of renewal in the way that we think. The way we thought before has changed now that we're focused on, on life. You were taught to start living a new life. It is created to be truly good and holy just as God is. 
So being made new in, in our thinking is what the constant process of renewal is really all about. Now, in episode one, Pastor Brad talked about the importance of, of renewal overall, being uh, uh, this continuing process in our lives as we seek to live in a way that reflects Jesus and his love, right? To be imitators of God. Then in episode two, Pastor Vince talked about prayer as this high form of faith and renewal which recognizes we're not in control, that he is, that he's still the way, the truth, and the life. And then last week, in episode three, Pastor Heather challenged all of us as followers of Christ to recognize the foundation of God's word in the process of renewal as we learn to stand on it every single day and to speak it in love. And so when we look at our minds, when we examine what causes us to think the way that we do, our minds are, are wonderfully complex. God has designed them in such a way that we've been created with the cognitive faculties to enable consciousness, perception, thinking, judgment, and memories. And so today we're looking at thinking as it pertains to new thinking. Our mind is where our attitudes, our desires, and our beliefs are formed. And one of the greatest revelations of my life after I came to follow Christ was that I wasn't subject to any thought that just kind of blew in my mind, but I could choose my thoughts, that I didn't have to focus on these things that popped up or popped in and, and be led in a different direction, away from, from him. And again, in other words, Paul's trying to communicate, you don't need to be led by the, the things that pop into your mind if you're focused on the right thing. Because Paul says you can be made new in your thinking. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So where, where our thoughts go, we follow after, right? And sometimes our thoughts can take us to some pretty crazy places, some dark places without his guidance. And we see that throughout history. People have convinced themselves of all kinds of alternate realities and situations. As a matter of fact, there was a day when the brilliant minds of science believed that the earth was flat, right? That if you sailed far enough and long enough that you just drop right off the edge and, and you'd be lost into oblivion. <laughs> but it was the wisdom of Scripture. It's actually the wisdom found in Isaiah 40:22 in the first part of that verse when it says God sits above the high God sits above the circle of the earth. You see it was scriptures like this that inspired explorers to think otherwise. It gave them the faith to to push on and explore and discover new worlds. In other words, their thinking was changed by the word of God. The spirit of God has revealed uh, over the years, many scientific principles to people that didn't have the tech or the, even the understanding at the time themselves to discover it. It was, it was nuggets of wisdom and truth found in Scripture that helped to frame up their understanding of what the world that God had created was all about. So we all need spirit-set thinking in everything that we do as he leads us through this continual process of renewal. Your mind is a servant to your spirit or your flesh. Romans chapter eight, verse five says that those who live according to the flesh have their minds set 
on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So my question for all of you today, where is your mind set today? Is your thinking set on what the Spirit desires, or is it set on these earthbound desires that our mind easily kind of gravitates to? Because one leads to life, and the other one leads to death. You know, almost every one of us, if we were to step back, take a moment, almost every one of us have something in our lives that, that we would like to see change. In our work, in our relationships, in the habits that maybe we struggle with, uh, there's many things that cause us to act the way that we do. And many of us start off the year with a great desire to change some of those things. But to change your life, you need to first change how you think. Because behind everything that we do is a thought. Every, mo- every, every behavior is motivated by a belief, and every action is prompted by an attitude. And God revealed this truth uh, thousands of years before psychologists even understood this principle. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by your thoughts. That's why it's so, so important to think about what we're thinking about. What is your thinking set on? What is it locked in on? Now, Imagine if you're, you're on a, a beautiful lake in the middle of the summer and you're riding in a speedboat that has an automatic pilot that is set to go due east. Now, if you decide in that journey to reverse course and head west, then you have a couple of possibilities to change the boat's direction. One way is just to grab the, the, the steering on your own and force it to go in the opposite direction. To go in the opposite direction of the, what the autopilot is programmed to, to understand in the direction it's going. And so by sheer willpower, you could overcome the autopilot, but you'd feel this constant resistance because it's fighting you to go in the direction that it's been programmed. And eventually your arms would tire and you'd, you'd kind of feel the stress of it all and you'd let go of the wheel and instantly that programming of the autopilot would kick in again and it would start heading back east again. Now, this is what happens when we try to make change in our life by willpower alone. When people say, I'm gonna make myself read the Bible every day. I'm gonna make myself pray on a daily basis. I'm gonna make myself stop smoking or lose weight. I'm late for everything all the time, so I'm gonna make myself be on time. I'm gonna make myself do it. I'll just make it happen. And you know what? For a short period of time, willpower will produce some short-term results. But it also creates this internal stress because you haven't really dealt with the root cause of the problem. Change, it just doesn't feel natural. So eventually you give up and you stop reading the Bible. You stop praying. You start showing up late again for the things that you wanted to change. But you know what? There's a better way. There's an easier way and, and that is changing the autopilot itself. That's, that's really what we need to kind of see. You need to change the way that you think. And change always starts first in the mind. The way that you think determines the way that you feel. And the way that you feel 
influences the way that you act, which means there must be a spiritual renewal of our thoughts and our attitudes. Don't forget what we read earlier in Ephesians 4.23 when Paul said, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. The New Testament actually calls this process repentance, which in Greek literally means to change your mind. So to repent means to change the way you think about God, about yourself, about sin, about other people, about life, about your future, about everything in, in, in your life. And then you begin to adopt Christ's outlook and you begin to have his perspective on life. Suddenly that blurred picture starts to clear up and you can see clearly where he's guiding you. You know, it's so important for us to understand that this, this process, because if we, if we don't learn to change the way that we think and take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, as we see in 2 Corinthians 10, then we won't live the, the great life that's full of life that, that God has intended for us, a life of peace with him, peace with others, a life that has great relationships and real joy that is our strength, and the ability to just become everything that God's called us to be. I don't know about you, but Everything within me, beyond my own weaknesses, still desires to be what he's called me to be. And so our minds begin the, the much-needed process of renewal when we choose to believe what, what God is saying, when we choose to believe the truth more than we believe or trust our feelings or the words of other people or the circumstances that we're involved in. When we choose to, to meditate on the truth of God's word, it changes the way that we think. And so to be like Christ, we need to develop the mind of Christ, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16. But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. We need to see him increase in our lives and to see his mind uh, kind of overwrite the, the, the poor patterns that we have. That selfish programming, that auto, sinful autopilot that that pulls us in the direction of, of the fleshly desires that are all around us. Now, the Bible specifically talks about three things that we need to develop new thinking aligned with the mind of Christ. And the first one is to set your thoughts on higher things. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. The things of earth is where our mind gravitates to. Because we live on the earth. It's the reality that we know. Now this is key to understanding and, and resisting temptation every single day. Because when you make up your mind in advance about what you're going to do and not going to do, then when temptation comes, we've already laid a foundation to make the right choices. And usually we're more successful in those moments of overcoming the temptation that is, has confronted us especially when those decisions that we make are fueled and strengthened by the Spirit and not just our own willpower, because we know, again, our willpower will produce limited uh, results. They won't be long-lasting as they will when we trust in God. So don't wait until the temptation comes. Don't wait until the storm blows in for you to prepare yourself. These are things that we can act upon and begin doing now. Don't, don't in the moment, figure out what you're going to do based on how you feel. You need to submit your mind to his 
so that you can act and stand on that truth. Second thing we need to do is to not be conformed, but to be transformed. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And everything about this world is trying to condition us to its pattern. But the scripture says in Romans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the renewal of our minds that leads to the transformation we're believing for. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. So renewing the mind like renewal in general is this ongoing spiritual process leading to his perfect will in your life, in your family, in our church. And every day we need to take time to to study God's word so that we can purposely think according to what he says. And we can't keep one or two things reserved for our, ourselves, these junky parts of our, our thinking, because it really just hinders what God wants to do within us. Now, I'm not saying that we have to be perfect, because that is an impossibility this side of heaven. But we should be making daily progress, don't you think? There should be a, a constant moving forward as we grow closer to him and stronger in our relationship with God. And then finally, we need to stay alert and full of hope. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. What does that mean? It means you need to be on guard. You need to be on guard against those opposing thoughts, those selfish desires, those fleshly uh, directions that, that come into our mind. Be alert. Choose your thinking. Dismiss those things when they come. Submit yourself to him. And it says, set, there's that word again, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. We need to get all that junk out, uh, get it out of our way so that we can set our hope on Jesus and keep running this race that he's called us to. Because if you, if you set your mind on the things of the Spirit by elevating the importance of prayer and the study of God's word, then the renewing and the renewal of your mind will be the end result, Right? Then we can experience the fullness of life that we can only have in Christ. But in the meantime, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, we don't give up. We we don't give up. We, We lock ourselves in, but our spirits, Paul says, our bodies are becoming weaker and weaker every day, right? That's just the process of aging up. But our spirits are being renewed day by day. So when our mind comes under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Our thoughts are renewed, and our lives are transformed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for new thinking, that as we set our minds on you and set our focus on you, that our future, that our steps would be made clear, that we would move past the haze and the confusion into a place of revelation to what you've called us to do and be. Help us, Lord, to to focus on uh, the development of our lives through prayer and the study of your word, to elevate the importance of those things in our lives and so that we can experience the renewal of our thinking. Because we understand that wherever we place our focus, that will be the result within our minds. And so I pray that as we focus on life, upon heaven, on the kingdom of God, that, Lord Jesus, that life would be represented in everything that we do. And that we would take this gospel to the ends of the earth.
that we would proclaim what you've done in our lives, the transformation that's taken place within us. I pray, Lord, we would take to those who desperately need it. Today, I pray for every person here in the house or watching online, and I pray in Jesus' name that you would touch them, that you would give them hope for change, to know that, that new thinking is possible when we have your mind. I pray for those that are searching today, those that maybe uh, have not come to a relationship uh, or an understanding that they can with you. If that's you today, if you're saying, Pastor Steve, I, you talk about Jesus like he's a friend, like he, he's someone you talk to every day, and he is. But if that's you and you haven't experienced that, it's as simple as making that decision to, to make that change so that that uh, sinful autopilot that's stuck within our lives will be broken and it will be reprogrammed to follow after you. So if that's you today, pray this simple prayer with me so that you can begin heading in the direction that God has for you. Pray this, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to focus on you, to have your mind, to think your thoughts. Free me from the things that have held me back from making any kind of progress in, my, in our lives and help me, Lord, today to start moving forward in the plan that you have for me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's best to all of you today. Have an amazing week and we look forward to you joining us again uh, when we come together and just celebrate what he's doing in our lives.